Good afternoon, dear listeners. You are tuned in to CJSR FM 88.5, and this is Moving Radio. I'm your host, Christian Zip, and please won't you join me for the next one half an hour as we take a look at local Canadian and independent cinema. Well, it's a uh, real focus on local cinema this time, kind of, I guess, uh, in one way that we have part two of our conversation from the last episode with uh, Andrea Besa and also Trent Wilkie. Andrea is the brain trust behind FMDL, and the first episode of which is for this uh, short film that's filmed in Edmonton is uh, a bit of a series. The first one is called Cooties. We discuss that. Trent Wilkie stars in it, and uh, and we talk over a rousing round of adult beverages so hopefully you enjoy part two of that conversation and check out check out fmdl on youtube as well i've got uh, a couple of films from the global visions film festival which is coming up very soon that's may 8th to 15th and it's going to be playing at various locations around the city the first film we'll be covering for global visions is i stand corrected and we have the subject of that film actually the person that's based on is jennifer litham She's an upright bass player of much renown, but went through quite a significant change in her life. You will want to be listening to hear all about that as well. We talked to a local filmmaker who did a short film called New Constellation. Her name is Danielle Piers. We've talked to her before in the program, and we're very excited to be talking to her once again. So... On this week's edition of Moving Radio, it's some local content with some local filmmakers and also uh, the Global Visions Film Festival. All that and a little bit more on this week's edition of Moving Radio with me, your host, Christian Zip. Um, I'd really like to kiss you goodnight. Gosh, I, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I just, <clears throat> I have this thing, I, I think I'm getting sick. I don't mind. Excuse me? I don't mind. You don't mind getting sick? <laughs> not a bit. Because you're worth it. Well, <laughs> I mind. I just, I don't really want to make you sick, so let's not. No, it's, it's fine. I, I never get sick, though. But you just said... No, I never get sick, ever. I have a really amazing immune system. If you were tuned into the last edition of Moving Radio, you would have heard my conversation, or at least part one of it, with Andrea Besa and Trent Wilkie. We were discussing Andrea's film. Uh, well, I guess it's short film. is more like it. It's called FMDL, F My Dating Life is what it's all about, and Trank Wilkie was one of the stars of it. Now, you can find this online at Kissing Habit Films, or you can search for it on YouTube. The first episode was called Cooties. Uh, we talked about that, and we also, you know, that flew into a bunch of different conversations. So please enjoy part two of my conversation with local filmmaker, playwright, and actor, and writer, Andrea Besa, and uh, also Trent Wilkie, who is all of those things as well, too. So enjoy. Part two of Wilkie and Besa, as we sit down at one of Edmonton's fine local eateries. How do you gauge success for yourself? I mean, you know, it's easy if you have a nice big fat number on YouTube and you're like, yeah, 
hundreds of thousands of kids. Do you know what I mean? But, but how do you kind of look at yourself in a more honest way as to start to say, like, that for me was successful, I like that, uh, I'm going to move on next and build on it. How do you gauge your own success? For me, uh, I think that all happens when I watch people watch a film I've made. Like, the first time I got to see people watching Cooties and just like laughing their asses off, that just to me was successful. Like, I think seeing the impact that the story has on people, whether it's like, you know, they're laughing or they're moved by it. Um, I don't know, that to me has always been, with any type of writing I've ever done, that's been how I gauge success. And, you know, putting stuff up on YouTube can be detrimental to a filmmaker. If it's a good, let's say it's a, it's a well-made, a short, um, but they don't have, you know, they're not smearing it everywhere. They're not pasting it all over social media. They're not doing that. But if someone dislikes it, that person can can tear the person's soul out by just saying, you know, this sucks, you suck, so forth and so on. Just anonymous commentators can really defeat the whole purpose. And, and so putting it up on YouTube in itself is in a way saying I'm proud of something I did um, I, and especially for Andrea who has put on shows before in theater I don't think she would put something up that is not what she envisioned in a way because um, it's tough to, to put any, like I, I put stuff up all the time and I don't remember half the stuff I put up because I don't have emotions and that's you know I'm, I deal with that on a daily basis but uh, for someone who's hon trying to hone their craft and who's trying to find their niche and find their voice. Um, Andrea is, from my perspective, I've seen a lot of a lot of shorts as well. She's on her way, you know, and it's comforting to be with someone on that journey and at the same time you want to support that. I'm just glad she doesn't suck, you know, because if she sucked this would be a whole different conversation and I'd be like, yeah, she's great, good job, look at all us and wow, I really like your hands, that type of bullshit. So it's nice to not have to, to lie to somebody about their talents and that's that's half of it because honestly when it comes to art a lot of the time people live vicariously through their friends who create their friends up on stage and even if they do a terrible job they're like oh that's my friend up there they're doing a great job it's like the canadian audience right it's like a, a parent watching a child and a play and they played a tree and it's like that was the best fucking tree i'd chop that shit down i'd make a house out of it but it was just a kid dressed as a tree right so many canadians and there's not enough constructive criticism. Um, and Andrea has opened herself to criticism with Metro Shorts, with entering competitions, with with continuing on and making more of the same vein. Um, it's hard to do, uh, and it shows that she's dedicated to what she's doing and she wants to make it the best she can. Uh, what's your greatest strength you feel as a director? Uh, and what's your greatest strength as a writer? Um, Look inside. <laughs> I feel like this might seem like really uh, a cop-out answer, but I feel like those things just perfectly feed into one another. I think um, my greatest strength as a director is probably that I'm a very visual writer. So when I'm writing, whether it's you know a play or a short story or a screenplay, like I always, I'm always visualizing it in my in my mind. Um, 
so I'm able to sort of translate that, if that makes sense. It just seems natural to me. Um, and so maybe in turn that works out that as a writer, I, I do have a tendency to, for example, when I was working in theater a lot, I would often joke that I was very much like a director writing at times because I had the kind of sense of practicality and the sense of carrying it through from what it was on paper to what it was on stage. Not that that would like censor me, but that I could use that to shape and make what I was writing the best it could be. Um, for example, like we took this screenplay, Trent read an early version of it, and then once I knew kind of where we were going to shoot, what environment I was in, I changed the script a little bit to make it even funnier, even more sort of apt for the location, for what we have in the apartment we're shooting in. Like, I don't know, I think those things just work hand in hand to make a project stronger. And using the same group of people, too. You know, I, I I don't know if the next one, I don't think I'd be able to shoot it if it wasn't with with Andrea and Lindsay and, and Lucas. I don't think I'd be able to just, you know, answer an ad in the paper and, and go and do what we're going to do with the next one. Even the first one, you know, it's, it's you got to respect the people you work with. And it's nice to be able to, to have that in Edmonton. Edmonton, there's so many talented people, right? But uh, at the same time, it's nice to know intimately, because I've seen her... Her, her, I've known Andrea for many years, and I've seen her works before, and I know that she's got a great, she's grounded, she's got a sense of humor, and she's an artist. Uh, she's not just someone who's trying to impress her friends by saying, I make movies, you know, and it's just someone cup-of-farting themselves, because also there's a lot of arti artistic merit to a cup-of-fart when done properly, but it, sometimes it's just showing off, because a person can only fart so much into their hand. <laughs> I've been super lucky. I, I approached Trent and Lindsay. They were the people I wanted to be in this because I knew they were both crazy talented and hey, they said yes and then they agreed to keep going and like Lucas, we all jived so well shooting cooties and um, I'm super, super and grateful they're all back. And we're not young either. We're not 20-somethings. I'm a 20-something. Well, she is. Just because, just because you aren't doesn't mean everyone around you. Lucas is 700 years old. Today, Trent said to me, well, you and I are older. And I was like, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not old like you, Trent. <laughs> Listen, you son of a bitch. I'm going to murder everyone in this place. But what I mean by older, it's like, it's not our first rodeo. You know, it's the seasoned in a way. Yes, old soul. Like that hobo we killed before he came here. That guy was old. Or he could have been young and just, you know, the weather got to him. But yeah, there's also the Yeggies that I'm doing on uh, May the 9th, which is a uh, online sort of social media, uh, internet content awards thingy, jobby stuff. Hosting it again. Hosting it. You're gonna be phenomenal. And, and producing the night, and there's gonna be video in it too. So. Nominated Kissing Habit Films uh, on YouTube. You just have to search Kissing Habit Films. Uh, we're on Twitter at Kissing Habit, and we're on Facebook.
Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash kissinghabitfilms. And we're still noobs, and there's only like, I don't know, I think I've been sitting at like 99 likes on Facebook Get for like a month. Come on. Somebody like me? Does, does Kissing Habit have a Twitter account, or is it just your yeah, contestant message? At Kissing Habit. Okay. We've got our own Twitter. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think I have, like, 50 followers. I mean, <laughs> you only have 50 followers? Oh, AKA man. the most of anybody on Twitter ever, Trent <laughs> Shut it. Okay. That's fair. Where in our dance community were people with disabilities? Now I'm not sure there are people with disabilities. I think there's societies with disabilities. Joining me on the phone today is a local filmmaker who's going to have her short film screening as part of the Global Visions Film Festival. It's called New Constellation, and it's going to screen on Saturday, May 10th at 8 o'clock at the Alberta Art Gallery. Welcome to the program, Danielle Pierce. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very happy to have you, and I was uh, excited as well to know that I dug back in my brain and remembered you from like two years ago being on this show. So welcome back again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Danielle, uh, I'm sure you're uh, you're excited to have, you know, uh, another piece of film to share with people and also to be able to do it uh, at Global Visions Film Festival. Maybe just tell us uh, a little bit about what New Constellation is all about. That New Constellation is about 36 minute film that was made by four uh, collaborators here in Edmonton. So myself, Roxanne Yulinicki, Justin Duvall, and Lindsay Eels. And essentially, we worked with dance, an integrated dance community. So that's a dance community that um, is comprised of people of all abilities, all ages, like a very diverse community. Some people use tools like wheelchairs, other people don't. Lindsay and Roxanne were both members um, of that community. And now I am. They've actually recruited me. But we made the film with that community as opposed to just simply about it. Um, and so essentially, it's a, we call it a dancumentary because it's a mix between a dance on film and a documentary. So it deals with um, as social forces that disable people, experiences of dance and the sort of capacity of art you know, to create communities and create communities of social justice. Yeah, I was uh, I was perusing your website there, daniellepiers.com, uh, where you have a trailer for New Constellation actually up. And uh, it looks really intriguing. And, and I know, like, the question to ask, like, why would you do it would be really obvious, you know, as to, to why you maybe want to, you know, document these people and their experiences. For me, what I found was really cool, even just within the trailer clip, was I guess the unique way that uh, you want to film it and make it an intimate experience, how it feels like it's almost like you're there dancing with the people there. Uh, Maybe talk to us a little bit about your thought process behind uh, actually shooting this and how you wanted it to look and how you wanted the audience to feel. I think one of the really important things, both with this this film and the last film, which was um, about uh, a drag king troupe in Alberta, is I want to really like stay true to the aesthetic of the group themselves. They are artists, right? So um, uh, I want to stay true to the, to the aesthetic of the actual art group. Um, and so rather than having this like really kind of like clean, comfortable, distant sort of quote unquote objective view of this. This community, which is usually the way we tend to look at both disability and um, trans-identified people and drag kings, is we want to be in the comfort of our home, looking through a window, um, watching this, and having our sort of questions answered. So if we're curious, let's say, about the, the real gender of someone performing, or curious about, in the case of um, 
of this dance community, you know, what their disability is. These tend to be the kinds of questions people ask. And so film that's made for general audiences tends to sort of uh, answer these kinds of curiosities. Whether we're in both of these films, I really wanted to, we really collectively wanted to make this film for that community and from the perspective of those communities. So rather than answering the sort of curiosities of outsiders, we really wanted to represent what was important to those communities. So yeah, having the, the um, often the cameras actually mounted on some of the dancers' chairs, which gives you that really intimate feeling like you're dancing with the dancers. Um, and also having them tell the stories in the ways they want to, as opposed to um, me co- or someone coming in from the outside asking questions that are sort of interesting to an outsider. And that, that for me, has always been really crucial to making films with and about communities. We're speaking today with Danielle Piers, and we're discussing her film. It's a brand-new short film called New Constellation, a Dancumentary. It's going to be screening as part of the Global Visions Film Festival on Saturday, May 10th at 8 p.m., at the Alberta Art Gallery. She will be in attendance, uh, as well as some other Alberta filmmakers showing off their wares as well. I don't think that you can separate yourself from the subject a lot of time with things like this. Like you already mentioned before, you're like, I am part of iDance now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they've embraced me. Uh, you know, maybe just discuss how important it is for you maybe um getting integrated with maybe the subject at times? Because I, th- I think there's some a fallacy sometimes about like how close can you get to your subject? And maybe for you at this point, it was really important to be to become integrated with them. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let me actually reframe the question. There's a sense of like how integrated should you get with your uh, subject, whereas I would go the other way around is I, don't tend, I only tend to make films about communities I'm already a part of. And so rather than sort of going, oh, I think that's really interesting from the outside, I think it's sort of communities that I've already already been a part of and I find important because I'm a part of them and that making film with members who are a part of them. Um, and precisely because I think um, the kinds of questions you would come at as an outsider um, um, aren't actually what's most sort of interesting and compelling and I think important about those communities. I think it's really the ways that they self-define and imagine themselves. And how could you possibly from the outside understand what those kinds of questions or, or, or dynamics would be? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think some people really want distance, um, but for me it's um, it the, the idea of the film and the desire for the film usually emerges from the community itself. Our guest today on the program is Danielle Piers. Her work is called New Constellation. It's a dancumentary. Uh, yourself, Justin Duvall, Lindsay Eels, and also Roxanne Ulanicki. Did I pronounce everybody's name right? You did, yeah. Sweet, yes. Uh, they are all working collectively on this, as well as Ben Spencer does some original music. If you want to know more about it, you should go to Lindsay Pier, or sorry, you should go to DaniellePiers dot com uh, and check out some of your work. Uh, how else, Danielle? If people are, are liking what they're hearing about you, and maybe some of the past stuff that you've talked about, uh, whether it's and the rest is drag or some of the other shorts that you've done, how else can people connect to you uh, outside of the website? You can totally, um, my website works great, and there's ways to connect to me on there. You can also go to uh, www.cripsy.ca, so it's spelled C-R-I-P-S-I-E.ca. And that's the group that was called iDance that this film is about is now called Cripsy. They've, they've uh, rebranded. <laughs> so um, you can also go there, and you can see not only this dance on film, but you can see a bunch of their performance footage of, of other work that they've done as well. Hi, this is Linnea Quigley, and you're listening to Moving Radio. You can visit me at www.linnea-quigley.com. 
and Be Kind to Animals, or I'll come get you with my chainsaw. Music is the thing that definitely saved me when I was going through the worst crisis of my life. I think I finally learned to embrace it. I might have been 20, 21. I think it got back to the guys in the band. I let my skirt show. My singing voice was giving me away. I couldn't hide anything in my voice. My voice was coming from my heart, and my heart was female. My ex named me Jennifer in 1980. I basically was Jennifer at home and someone else away from home. Joining me on the phone today is an individual who is the subject matter of one of the films that's going to be featured at the Global Visions Film Festival. That's right. uh, It's that time of the year again where Global Visions is going to invade the Metro Cinema and also the uh, Alberta Museum as well and also the Alberta Art Gallery. One of the films that we're going to be talking about today is a documentary called I Stand Corrected. And fortunately for us, joining us on the phone today is the subject of the said film. It's Jennifer It's Jennifer Lytham. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hello, Christian. The, the subject matter. I guess I do matter. You do matter. <laughs> I absolutely do. Absolutely. Uh, the the film is going to be screening on Wednesday, May 14th at 6.45 p.m., and that's at the Metro Cinema, and uh, fortunately, Jennifer will be there, as well as director Andrea Meyerson. Uh, Jennifer, welcome to the show, and uh, maybe could you do uh, a little, give us a little background maybe about yourself, because the film is predominantly about you, and we'll kind of get into maybe what the film does, but tell us a little bit about what you do, because you're quite renowned in your field. Well, well thank you. I, I'm a I'm a musician and I'm mostly known for playing jazz. I'm a, I'm a, known mostly for playing the string bass as well, and um, I've had a fairly um, prominent career. I've played for many famous people, many of whom are now deceased. <laughs> but um, I've, I'm most known for playing with Mel Torme for about ten years. I play with Doc Severinsen close to twenty four years, and uh, people like Peggy Lee and George Shearing and, and whatnot. They, um, if you know you're old enough, you you probably remember these names. Younger folks may not remember them, but the I guess the point I'm making is that I had a fairly prominent career, and then um, it's not too long ago, about twelve years ago, I I underwent publicly a gender transition. So um, I have you know changed my name and and my presentation to the world, and and uh, the movie pretty much documents all the things that I've done in my career, and then it it documents sort of the changes that have happened in the professional since I've undergone this transition. Okay, uh, if you could do us a favor, please, Jennifer. I mean, that's a great background on, on who you are for anybody that doesn't know, and uh, and if you don't know any of the people that Jennifer was talking about, you really should get in the know, because <laughs> these were the heavy hitters of jazz, to be sure, that's okay. for sure. Um Tell us a little bit about maybe how you met Andrea Meyerson, the director of this film, and uh, take us a little bit through maybe that journey of uh, getting connected with her, um, maybe how she pitched the film to you, or maybe what mm-hmm. some of your feelings were about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea approached me about doing the film. She was, she was producing an all-women's music event here at the John Anson Ford Theater in Los Angeles, California, and I was playing for one of the artists that she hired, and um, me being transgender, at the time, I was a little bit paranoid um, going into this thing. 
and that maybe there would be some sort of ostracism if people were to find out that, you know, I was a transgender woman. And um, at, there was an interview done. All the performers, it was just being taped for television special. So there was a, a person with a, with a microphone interviewing all the performers as they came off stage. And uh, I just gave this pretty, I just finished the set so that they couldn't fire me if I say what I think I should say. And uh, I just put it out there that, that I was who I was. And, and um, Andrea um, noticed this footage and became interested in me. And, and uh, we met at a social occasion not too long after that. And she approached me about possibly doing a documentary about me. And so, you know, we got together a few times, put our heads together. She interviewed me. And um, um, the, the movie basically came out of that. Was there any sort of hesitance on your part whatsoever to, you know, deal with something like that in such a, a oh, public matter or, you know, so what, well, how did you, how did you start to, you know, deal with that and I guess accept that and, and feel like maybe it was the right thing for you to do? Well, I, I transitioned back in 2001 and I was traveling, I was on the road with Doc Severinsen's band. Doc was the band leader on the Johnny Carson show and the Tonight Show here in the States when, when, um, you know, it was a pretty big deal, and he was on that show a long time. And right after the show ended, I, I started traveling around with Doc and his band and, and basically transitioned on his band. So there was there was quite a bit of um, press coverage of me in that first you know, year or two years. The press loves to cover the angst of someone who's in the middle of transitioning. And uh, I had been burned pretty badly by some of the articles that just were poorly researched and people who were, who were you know, pontificating on the subject that had no knowledge of it. So um, I've, I've always been in this position where I've had to educate people. So frankly, when Andrew approached me, I was wary. I, I, I wasn't all that interested in doing something like that. I'd rather be just concentrated on my music. But, um, you know, Andrea is a really nice person, as you'll find out when you interview her. She's very gregarious, and, and I am too, and we hit it off socially and personally. So. Um, you know, we had some good heart-to-hearts, and, and I felt that she wasn't going to hurt me in all this process, that it would be a, a pretty honest telling, and I would be able to have input into it. So um, and she made me feel at ease enough that I felt it was worth doing. And let's face it, I'm in the arts, and, and my my career depends on people knowing who I am and, and keeping my name out there somehow, and... and uh, in in playing music in the jazz world, I've certainly paid a price as far as um, being hired a lot. <laughs> a, a transgender jazz musician is just not something you see every day, and, and uh, it, it hasn't been an easy road. We're speaking on the phone today with uh, virtuoso upright bass player Jennifer Lytham. And uh, the film that she has actually is going to be part of the Global Visions Film Festival, of which she is a part of. It's called I Stand Corrected. And, uh, and it's going to be screening on Wednesday, May 14th at 6.45 p.m. at the Metro Cinema. And fortunately for us here in Edmonton, Jennifer is actually going to be at that screening. So you want to make sure that you're there. Jennifer, maybe as we just kind of wrap up a little bit, talk to us about what the reception has been from other people seeing the film, um, you know, whether it's people that, that, you know, don't have any, you know, ability to necessarily directly identify with you, to I'm sure the effect that you've had on people that are either pre-transition or or thinking about it, or just can, you know, really relate to your story. Oh, well, um, it's been very positive. Uh, The film has won 11 film awards now, both times either a jury award or, or an audience award. And so it's, it's been a 
quite a lot of acclaim, and I have yet to to find an audience that came out of the theater not liking this film. It's quite well told. Um, it's a dramatic story. It's a documentary, but it plays more like a feature. It, it tugs at your heartstrings, and um, it but it also uplifts. And, and um, I'm really thrilled that there's so much music in it, and, and you you know my singing voice is in there, and, and all the people that I played for. There's documentation of all that, so you know we're not just you know we're not just boasting idly. Um, so the audience has come out of the theater really enlightened and, and entertained, basically. Our guest today has been Jennifer Lightham. Uh, thank you so much, Jennifer, for making the time to uh, to talk to us today. And we really appreciate the fact that you're going to be able to come out and uh, oh, be too. there I'm for glad. the screening. I stand corrected. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. I've played Edmonton quite a few times, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm anxious to get back there. All right, fantastic. And we're uh, very anxious to have you back for sure. Are you going to be able to play it all a little bit while you're here? We're you working just... on that. I think what nice. I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on, I have a travel instrument that I'm going to bring along with me. And, and I'm flying the day of the screening. I have to fly that day. I'll be, I'm in a recording studio just right up to the time I leave. So um, I, I'm making my next record. So um, this sort of came up uh, after everything was already booked. So I'm having to scramble to get up there, but we will get there. And I'm going to bring this travel instrument with me and play a couple of tunes after the screening, I think. All right, kids, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of the show. Remember that you can get your Global Visions Film Festival passes or six-packs or tickets at Ticketfly.com. It's going to be taking place from May 8th through to the 15th. We talked to Jennifer Lytham, so you can check her out online. The film is I Stand Corrected, and that'll be screening Wednesday, May 14th at 6.45 p.m. at the Metro Cinema. We also talked to Danielle Piers. You can check out her short film, New Constellation, and uh, that'll be at Saturday, May 10th at 8 o'clock at the Alberta Art Gallery. And finally, of course, you can find out more about Andrea Besa and also the films that she's done, Kissing Habit Films, and uh, just Google FMDL on YouTube and check out the episodes. And you can find out more about that festival if you simply go to globalvisionsfestival.com. Remember, if you want to check out old episodes of Moving Radio, you can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Moving Radio and as well on Instagram too for more movie visual stuff. But stay tuned to CGSR, ladies and gentlemen, because coming up next, it's the finest in feminist radio, Adamant Eve. <laughs>